Hello, and thank you for connecting with us here at Oasis Online. If this ministry is an encouragement to you, I would love to hear from you. Would you send me an email at pastor at obclv.org? I hope you enjoy the service today and that God would speak directly to your heart. Let me start this morning by asking you a question. This is a question I guarantee you from every person in this room, regardless even of your age at this point, every person would be able to say, yes, I have done this. Every person in this room would be able to stop and think, what was a time in your life or what was a circumstance or what was a situation where you go, wow, I really just missed that opportunity. Everybody in this room, regardless of your age, regardless of, of where you're from or what your, what your background is, we've all missed opportunities. Some of those may be at work where you're like, oh, I wish I would have taken that promotion or I wish I wouldn't have taken that promotion. Some of you, it may be within your family where you just missed a moment of, of intimacy or a moment in time where, where something could have changed or you think something could have changed, but, but where we miss opportunities. Some of you are like me and sports are just an amazing part of your life. I love sports and they make incredible sermon illustrations. Why do you laugh? But I think of sports sometimes, and nearly every time, if you played sports, every time you ever lost a game, you went back and you thought, man, if I would have just done that, if we would have done that one thing, if you're a Seattle fan in here, I don't like you anyways, but if you're a Seattle fan in here, there was this moment, uh, what was it, two years ago? Where your quarterback, you're at the two-yard two line and your quarterback throws an interception. And for all of eternity, the question that gets played is, why did they not give Marshawn Lynch the football to win the Super Bowl? I love it. And I hate the Patriots because they won. But anyway, <laughs> regardless, we always think of missed opportunities over the next several weeks, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to begin, I'm going to kick off a series today and for the next several weeks, we're going to look at a few people throughout scripture that missed incredible, incredible opportunities. We're going to look at people that you would know in scripture, people's stories that you have read. But these were people that were, for the most part, almost all of them were able to walk and talk with Christ himself. They were a part of some of the greatest times in church history ever. These were people that have done and seen so many amazing and miraculous things, but yet they missed an important opportunity. I've entitled the series, The Boulevard, Everybody in here really knows what a boulevard or a road is. It is a connector of places, a pathway, a route between two places. In many ways, as we'll look at this, the church is a, is a boulevard. It is a connector. We are to con connect and create inroads for people as best as we can to reach others for Christ. Yet there are some who will miss that connection. They will miss the opportunities. There will some, some people right now are on the outside of these walls. And I'm not saying that they're literally standing outside. But there's many that are on the outside of these walls who are like, those church people, they're just hypocrites. Those church people, they're, they're bigots. 
They're so self-righteous. They think so much of themselves, so highly of themselves. And they will sit and they will look on the out, from the outside and look in and they will say so many things. They will be so close, but yet completely miss an opportunity. Many of you have, have shared with me, would you pray for this loved one? Or would you pray, pray for my son or for my daughter? Or would you, would you pray for, for this circumstance or that circumstance? And it's people that know the gospel message of Jesus Christ that just miss the opportunities. We pray and we think and we go through different things. But, but we look at this and there's so many that miss different oppor- opportunities. If you've been with us for any length of time, just a few weeks ago, I, I, I ended a series where I talked a lot about the gospel and I talked about salvation. And, and inside of that series, I made reference and I tried to make it as plain and simple as it can be. You and I do no saving of anybody. The Holy Spirit goes before and the Holy Spirit tugs on hearts. We are to be faithful in doing our part to make those inroads as best as we can. I don't save anybody. If there's anybody here that sits here this morning, there is nothing that I can do to bring you to salvation except to be faithful to God and share the word of God as much as he has called me to do. That's all that I can do. There's an inroad that we would call church in a a main service like this. For some of you, you may have been saved through a church service, a friend that invited you. For some of you, maybe you grew up um, and maybe a friend invited you to a youth event or maybe to an Awana program or to, uh, to different things. But through different outreaches and through different avenues, we all have come to know Christ as Savior. But this morning, we're going to look at two people. Two people that were really just like most of us in this room. These were two people that were churchgoers. These were two people who, who may have served, they may have, they may have even been sought after, or, or people within the church, maybe they were within leadership. We don't know all the specifics of these two people, but we know that they were churchgoers. For the most part, everything that I have read in my study over the last week or so that would say is that this couple knew Christ as Savior, that they were believers. This was a couple that was engaged in the church at the very infant stages of the church. Could you imagine being in, if this was the very first church ever in all of the world, and you were, you were there and you got to see Pentecost where thousands of people come to know Christ. You got to see where the apostles are teaching and preaching in different languages, though they never knew those languages. And God gave them the gift at that time for that specific moment to speak to those people. And the multitudes that came and joined and and began what we would call the church. This, This couple, they were a part of those very infant stages. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 32, we'll read it in just a second, but in Acts 4 and 32 it says that they were unified. They were of one mind. They were a unified body of believers. So much so that many of the people inside of the church were selling their things to make sure that everybody else was well taken care of. Let me share with you this. If you begin to sell your things to make sure that the partner beside you that is not a part of your family, but is just a church person that you just come to love, you have a heart to serve God. And these people were doing that. 
They were selling of their their goods. Now, for you and I, that might be selling of cars. That might be selling of computers. That might be um, getting rid of the multitude of things that we have in our houses. If you have children, maybe it's getting rid of one of the 8,000 toys that our kids have that they do not need. Regardless of what it is, we would, we are, they are selling their things. Some of them were selling everything. And they would give it to the church so that the church was taken care of. So that people in the body were taken care of. It says in 34 that none, none of them lacked because they were loving and serving one another. See, to me, as amazing as it was that those people sold and gave everything away, it was just as amazing to me to read and to study that they didn't have to do that. See, there's different belief and there's different things where people would say, you know, to be a part of this, you must do this, this, and this. It wasn't that way. It wasn't like somebody said, okay, to be a part of this church, you better go home, sell your home, sell all your stuff, give us your money. And we'll make sure that you're well taken care of. To me, that sounds like some of our governments around the world. But that's not what was taking place. It was literally, I have a heart to do this. And listen, as I go into the passage this morning, I would stand in front of you this morning and I would say this. I believe with all my heart we have a church that is unified. I believe with all of my heart we have a church that gives and that loves and that that is giving of themselves and, and making sure that people are not in want within our body. I've had people already in the last several weeks ask me, Pastor, do you know of families within our church that might not have a Christmas this year that I could help out with? Pastor, do you know of families who are home or who are here in Vegas that don't have family in town that need a place to have Thanksgiving this year? I've had that. Those are things to me that I go, yes, somebody's got it just a little bit. Because they're not just looking to make sure that they are taken care of. They're looking to make sure of, is there anybody else that just might be misplaced this year? And I would say this. There's a large gathering of people in this room that many of your families are not in this town. And it is a huge blessing if they're able to come in over Thanksgiving. Or if you're able to go out over Thanksgiving or Christmas. But the reality is, many of you will sit at home within your four walls with your family and the small group that whoever it is. No one will invite you to go for dinner. And you'll feel kind of alone. And it makes me happy as a pastor that some of you would say, hey pastor, do you know of anybody that's in our church that's like that? That they could come to our home and eat dinner? And while I'm on the subject... If that is you this morning, my home is open and many others are open. Do not eat dinner by yourself. Please let us know so that we can help you and make sure that you are with some family, church family this morning or this, this next week. Anyway, but I feel that we have one of those churches that just is, is wanting to love. But even in the midst of all of this amazing stuff taking place, there was one thing, one thing that was there that is here today. Well, I guess we could, multiple things. One would be the Holy Spirit. We understand that. But there was an enemy at work. There was an enemy at work. And anywhere where God is doing something, you have an enemy that is trying to stop what God is doing. 
in this church and in this place, there is an enemy that is trying to stop what God is doing at Oasis Baptist Church. Just like there was way back then in those days, though there was amazing things taking place. This morning, if you would, open your Bible to Acts chapter number 5. We're going to start in verse number 1 and we're going to read the first 11 verses this morning. I'll be honest, I just I never really read this passage of scripture the way that I have studied it this week. And you might, and hopefully you'll get some of this when, when we're done reading it and, and going through it in the next few minutes. But this passage has literally, there has been so many things this week that I've thought to myself, oh my word. This is just like what I'm dealing with, what I'm studying this week. And this is going to be one of those things, and you might go, what in the world are you talking about? Hopefully I can make sense of it as we go through it this morning. Chapter number 5 of, of the book of Acts and verse number 1. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias... Why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? While it remains, or while it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost, and great fear came upon all them. That heard these things. In verse number 6. And the young men arose, wound him up, and carried him out and buried him. And it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. And Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether ye sold the land for so much. And she said, Yea, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, How is it that ye have agreed together to hold the feet of or agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord, behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door, and they and shall carry thee out. Then fell she down straightway at his feet, and yielded up the ghost. And the young, one, young men came in, and found her dead, and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. And great fear came upon all the church, and upon as many as heard these things. Father God, this morning I pray... I pray, God, that this wouldn't just be a story that we've heard in the past, but, Lord, that we would take it to heart this morning. And, God, I pray that you would use your word to pierce into our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, as I look at this, I look at a couple of people that were at the very foundational part of the church. But they missed something. They missed something. Something was going on in the church and people were getting saved and lives were being changed and all of these things were taking place. And then you have Ananias and Sapphira who were a part of all of it. And here, here's, I'll, I'll start with this and I hope you grasp it. Here, they did nothing wrong. They did nothing wrong. And we'll see that in just a moment. But have you ever... It's, I don't know if it's just because I was studying it this week, but I look at certain things and I was going through different things this week and I thought, I, I was disciplining one of my children and, I, and, and this, this passage came to my mind and I'm like, 
you didn't do anything wrong. You're in trouble because you reacted, and then all of a sudden, it just became an issue. There was nothing wrong back here. Listen, Ananias and Sapphira did nothing wrong. You say, yes, they did. The act that they did in selling their things and giving portion of it to the church, there was nothing wrong with that act. Absolutely nothing wrong. I'm looking at people are looking at me like, what are you, where are you going with this? That was not the sin that was done. Because people before them had done that. Barnabas did that just not too long before them. And he was praised. So as we look at this passage of scripture this morning. Now that many of you are looking at me going, what in the world? Then why did they die? We'll get there. But their initial act of what they did was just like everybody else in their church was doing. It was selling of their things and their possessions to give to the church. Just like everybody else had done. Listen, in just a few moments, we'll pass a plate. And some of you will give of your tithes and offerings. And it'll go forth. And really, that's all that they did. As we look at this this morning, my first point is sinful deceit. If, if we were to go back to chapter number 4, and we were to start in verse 32, it would say this, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul, neither said any of them that, that ought of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus or of the Lord Jesus, and of great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked. For as many as, the, uh, as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold. And they laid them down at the apostles' feet. And distribution was made unto every man according as, as he had need. And Joseph, who was by the apostle, was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, and of all the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, and then brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. And it says in verse number five, or chapter 5 and verse number 1, But... A certain man. So all of these things were taking place. And it was great. And things were great and awesome. And everything was going good. But there was this one man. Who all he wanted to do. And all they wanted to do. Was just fit in and look the part. See. Their action was not wrong in what they did. Their action was not wrong in what they did. They sold their things and they gave a portion of it to the church. That is great. Thank you for giving to the church. But here's the issue. Here's where it comes down to the heart of the matter. And here's where all of us find ourselves in the same exact place. And so many times we miss the boat because of a sinful deceit. Because I want to make sure that you think I am a great person. And I want to make sure God thinks I'm great. So God, look at how great that I am. And I'm going to take one of these and use it as my offering. God, look at how great that I am. And I'm going to give you all of this. And hey, look at all of this that I just gave and how great that it is. And you guys are like, wow, pastor, you're so great. 
You have such a giving heart. You're so amazing. And I can't, how did you do? No, oh, no, no, no. God is so good. Oh, it's not me. It's all him. No, not me. (laughs) Is that not what we do so many times? They gave. They gave. They took, look at, oh, we sold all of this stuff. And here you go. Look at church. (laughs) Look at this. They did nothing wrong. Listen, many of you sit in this room and you've done nothing wrong. The action that you took, there was nothing wrong with it. You served, you gave, you came and cleaned, you set up chairs, you played an instrument, you sang on the praise team, you did whatever those things are. You went to the rescue mission and and you served at the Women's Resource Center and you did and you did and you did and you did. And those are amazing. We all go, thank you, thank you, thank you. God is so good. But we miss it because inside of here, all that it is, is no different than Ananias and Sapphira who gave and gave and gave and they did absolutely nothing wrong. They were such good people. Do you know how many people that sit here this morning will miss the opportunity because they want to make sure that they look good? You're like, where is this going? Church, those of you that are here as guests, God never said, I want you to look great. God never said, I want you to give all that you have of of my wealth and of all of these things. God never said all of those things. There's a portion of it. Yes, he said it. Let me give me that. He said those things, but he said it with what? He said, I want you to know me. I want your heart. Love me with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength. He didn't say, hey, Aaron, I want you to give me your talents. I want you to give me all of your money. I want you to give me all of your stuff. I want you to give, and I want you to give, and I want you to give. No, he said, I want you to love me with all of your heart and soul and your mind and your strength. And as you do that, as you do that, all of this will come. If you've ever heard me speak on giving, I've said it over and over and over. I don't want your money. This church doesn't need your money. Here's what I want. Here's what God wants. God wants you. Satan says, no, but you got to make sure that you look good. Satan was over here. And all the while, what does it say? It says, and, it says, and kept back part of the price his wife also being privy to it. Somewhere along this game and this path, Ananias and Sapphira were like, all right. I don't know if they sat at a dinner table or what they did, but they were like, all right. If we sell all of this, this is gonna, this, we'll get about $10,000. And just here's what we're going to do. We're going to make sure that we keep this and we give them this. But we're going to tell them, we're going to tell them that we're just given everything. So they sold it for 10. They gave five and they said that they sold it for five. Look, I'm giving everything that I have to you. 
They were deceitful at the heart. The action was not wrong. They had a deceptive and deceitful heart. Listen, they did nothing wrong. They gave of their heart or of their stuff, just like everybody else was. But just like so many others, just like I have done, I've said, oh, here I am. Oh, it's all God. People are like, oh, man, thank you so much. That was such a blessing. Oh, God is so good. God is just, oh, he's so good. Oh, thank, no, thank you. No, 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 thank you. In my heart, I'm just like, ha ha, I'm so good. I know you're like, what a nasty pastor you are. I just happen to be the one with the microphone. The reality is so many times we miss the opportunity because of our own deception. Not because of the action that we took. Because of the deceit that's in our heart. The next part is the sinful reality. The sinful reality is that there was, there was the deception of Ananias and that he sold his stuff in accord with his wife. And then he, he took that to the church, but they were deceitful. And when they gave and Peter came in and he said, he said in verse 3, but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to the lie to the Holy Ghost? And to keep back Part of the price of land. I always, this is how I always read it. I always read it that they were in trouble because they didn't give everything. And everybody else was giving everything. I always thought that for whatever reason they were in trouble because they didn't give everything and everybody else did. Well, the reality was that's not true. They gave. It was fine. They just lied. They were deceptive in what they were doing. And the reality, when we come to sinful reality, was that they were just punched right in the nose. In 1 Corinthians, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, it says, But when ye sin so against the brethren, and wound their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. Listen, church, I am not a perfect individual. We are not a perfect church. There is problems all over because we are people. But... If there's one thing that I have strived and that I try so hard and that we as a body, I believe that we, we try to do is we try to be real. We try to be a genuine group of people. I try hard to just be genuine. There's times up here I, I cry. There's times up here that I share things that I probably shouldn't tell people at church. There's times that there's different things. We all, we try to be real. But when we look at this, here's the whole thing this morning. We cannot miss the opportunity. We cannot miss the boat of just being a lying, deceitful church at the heart. Though we may look really cool and really good. 1 Corinthians said it. I just read it. But when ye sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, who do you sin against? You sin against Christ. When Ananias and Sapphira came and they said, look, here we go, we're giving all this stuff. And Peter said, what in the world? Why have you allowed Satan to fill you? The Holy Spirit was talking to Peter and they lied against God. Why? Because they lied and they sinned against the body. And that was one of those passages I read this week and I'm like, oh. 
hey, I'll, I'll be real honest, that hits me in the nose because every single week I have to stand up here and I have to play this thing called pastor. And that means I'm going to speak to you. And that means I'm going to challenge you and I'm going to encourage you and I'm going to tell you you need to do this and we need to do this and we, we need to see God do amazing things and we have to have this relationship. Guess what that also means? I better be doing it or I'm lying to you and in lying to you, I'm lying to Him. The reality of sin. And as we go through this thing and we look at this and thinking of the different avenues and the different opportunities and the different things. Peter says, why would you lie? Ananias, those were yours. Those things were yours. You did not have to sell them. Ananias, not only that, but once you sold them, it was still yours. You didn't have to give it all. You didn't even have to lie about what you did. You did nothing wrong. He just, Peter, I, can, I don't know if he just was like, what in the world? You did nothing wrong. Why? Why am I standing here having this conversation with you? You were, you were doing the right thing. But our heart, the sin's deception in our heart, will come out and become reality in front of us. And Ananias lied and he conceived this in his heart and Peter said you didn't lie to men you didn't lie to me as the apostle you lied to God to the Holy Spirit let me ask you this let me challenge you with this whatever that word is Don't lie. Don't deceive. I'm not saying that today is going to be one of those days where we just have everybody standing up here and giving the mic and you're like, this week I had two alcoholic beverages. And this week I said 12 curse words. And this week I did this. And this week, no, that's not what I'm talking about. But here's, here's, here's the heart of this. When you and I, when I deceive you and I try to deceive God to become more than I actually am, I miss out on the opportunity. I miss out on the blessing. Here's why they did it. Ananias was giving all of this and he said here, look, oh, Apostle Paul, look at this. And Apostle Paul says, why have you allowed Satan to fill you? Here's why he did it. He did it. God would bless him because he is being so mighty and awesome and he's giving everything. And he did it so that the people would say, oh, Ananias and Sapphira, you guys are so great. And they wanted the blessings from everything, but they didn't get any of it because they were deceitful at heart and they missed the entire opportunity. We miss the entire opportunity when we come in and we're like, oh, look, thank you for your baby. I'm going to go rock this baby. And you're like, oh, why am I here? I hate kids. I don't know if we have people back there that are rocking your babies right now. That feel that way. You guys are new. I don't know. Sorry. I don't, I don't think that's the case. But I'm just saying, in our heart, 
if I am doing it to just gain this double blessing from God and that you think that I'm something great, but there's nothing about me that desires to serve God, I don't get the blessing and it's just a, it's really a curse. There's nothing better in all of life than to serve God with a pure heart and a pure conscience before him. Hey, you want a blessing before God? Just lay it down and say, God, I, I, I just want to know you. I just want to know you. And today, I'm going to give of what I have, and I'm just going to, I'm just going to, man, this is awesome. It was a couple nights ago, Friday night, I was able to go to a night of worship and, and I've been fortunate to get to know some really pretty cool people in music around this town and the people that worship God. And, and I, I was able to go and I took a couple of my kids and my mom and dad went and, and we, we went on Friday night to, uh, to Life Baptist Church with a number of different worship leaders from around town and, and around the country and some that are really well known and others that are just kind of just people that love to worship God. But when we were there, it was so real. It was so genuine. There was nothing that was amazing. Like, it was just awesome to just be able to go, God, here we are. I just want to worship you. There was no pretense. There was nothing fake. There was, it was just like, wow. On Friday afternoon, I sat at one of the houses and we kind of, they do it, they call it a worship summit. And I have no idea why I'm engaged in this, but I was invited for two years now. So I, and I don't know why that keeps doing that. But I go, I just kind of sit back. I don't, I don't lead music and worship anymore. I, I don't, I, I, I'm like, okay, let's go. So I go and I sit there and these people that can sing ridiculous, amazing. And I'm just like, oh my word. I wish I had a portion of that talent. I wish I could play the instrument like that. I wish I could do something. And they're just so incredible. But I sit there and I'm just like, as they talk and as they share their heart, listen, the blessing isn't because they can sing good. The blessing is that they say, God, I'm just being real before you today. I'm just being real before you today. Here's my heart. Here's my life. Just take it. And in that moment, the worship that flows from being real and genuine so far supersedes anything that we can ever think or imagine. The reality of, of sin. Then sin's punishment, and I'm not going to go through each verse of this passage here, 5 through 10, that deals with it, but I, I, I'm pretty much going to guarantee you this. Or I, I can't even really guarantee you this, but I'm, I'm pretty much going to guarantee you this. If you're deceiving me today, most likely at the door, I'm not going to look at you and say, why have you allowed Satan to fill you and watch you fall? Not Not likely. But do you know what the reality is? Death is real. And I'm not just talking that our physical bodies will die and that that form of death is real, though that is very real. It's according to men wants to die. We will all go. At some way, shape, or form, we will all go. But death in so many other areas of our lives, spiritually speaking, especially in, in, in the most important thing of that is when we begin to deceive, we begin to play such a game. 
and spiritually, we so quickly fall away and the blessing of God so falls off of that. We miss the opportunity. Listen, church, this morning, like I said, I'm going to assume that nobody is going to walk over there and I'm going to shake your hand and you're just going to fall over and die. My assumption is that's not going to happen today. I hate I can't say I guarantee it because that's just, I don't know where all of you are physically. <laughs> but it's not going to, it's really not going to happen. But spiritually speaking, why do I care how much you think that I am this great individual when all I am doing is lying to you and to God? I am the one. Listen, when I try to fool you, I am the one that misses out on the opportunity. I am the one that is not getting the blessing. I am the one. As, this, as the pastor, when I want to lie to you, if I want to come to you and, and be false and be deceitful, listen, I'm the one. Now in my situation, you miss out just as much. But in all reality, by me trying to be decept- deceitful to you, I- I'm not becoming a better Christian. My relationship with God is not growing. I miss out. I miss out. And I'm the one who dies. My insides crumble. My walk with God, if you recall, I hope you recall, if you've been here for a few weeks, I've said this now almost four or five weeks in a row. God created you and I for what? Hey, let's try this again. I'm either a really bad teacher or you're a really bad listener. God created us for what? Relationship with Him. God created us for a relationship. And when I am lying to you and I'm deceptive to you and I'm playing the role and I'm being deceitful, I do not grow in my relationship with Him. I die. And the whole reason for me being here is a relationship with Him. But what is the next part of that? My sin breaks that relationship. The next part of the gospel is that I'm created for a relationship. My sin breaks the relationship and I can't do anything to fix the relationship. I then have to go back to God and say, God, I need you. God, forgive me. This morning, as we wrap this all up, I pray that this in some way has has really kind of made sense And how we miss so many opportunities. When we come to the end of this passage, Jared, that I read, it says, In great fear, in verse number 11, And great fear came upon all the church, and upon as many as heard these things. And if we were to keep reading, which I'm not going to, in verse number 12, it says, And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in the Solomon's porch. If we were to keep on going forward, it spoke then that people saw and they had fear and they had trembling in their heart and they began to, to come back to God and they began to say, oh God, here we, you know, I'm, you are holy. You are who you say you are. But listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. As we close this out, I believe with everything in me that God is, has something that Oasis Baptist Church is just on the, on the cusp of being able to grow and to see an amazing work in this community in Las Vegas and Henderson. I really, 
with everything in me, I believe that. I believe that God has been working on me. I believe that God has been working on many of you. And I really believe that God is going to do something in this little community in Henderson, Nevada, Las Vegas. I believe that. But here's what it's going to take from all of us. That we grab a hold of Him. That we take hold of a relationship with Him. That we stop playing a game Listen, I don't know if anyone's playing a game. I'm not having this sermon because I'm having people in my mind. I really don't. But I know that church, I've played, I've been here all of my life. I've been involved in church. And there's been many, 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 many a time I grabbed a microphone and I sang the song because that's what I was supposed to do at that particular time of the service. Be it at Oasis, be it in in Ohio, whether it was in Virginia, wherever it was that I was at that time. I grabbed many microphones and I would sing sing and I would say, say say things and there was nothing in here that was being brought out front except for deceit for people because I played the game we've all done that if you haven't give me the formula you're a far better man than I we've all played those games but church If we are going to do and see God's hand doing something special and mighty here in this town, in this community, I believe with everything in me, we are not doing anything wrong. Ananias and Sapphira did nothing wrong. They gave of what everybody else was doing. They played the part. The wrong that they had was in their heart. The actions that they took were not wrong. Listen, we are doing right. We're feeding homeless. We're helping families at Thanksgiving have food. We're helping people uh, at the schools around town that we're partnering with. And we do stuff at the rescue mission. And we do stuff with Women's Resource Center. And we do stuff with so many different things. And, and we've done work in Guatemala. And we've done different things. And, and you sent me as your pastor to Egypt to teach out there. And, and we've done a lot of really awesome things. But the reality is this. If our heart is not right in doing it, the blessing will fall away let me ask you let me beg you are you missing the opportunity and just playing the game don't miss the opportunity to be blessed by god because there's nothing that you can do that is greater than gaining the gaining the blessing of god this morning my question to you is this Are you being Ananias and Sapphira? Doing nothing wrong on the outside. But my heart is deceitful. I'm missing the opportunity. I'm missing the connection. The boulevard, the road is just, I'm I'm out here and the road is here and I'm on the side. I'm, I'm missing it. But I sure do look good. Maybe this morning you would say, Pastor... I've been around churches. I've been one of those people that have been on the outside that always said, oh, those are just a bunch of hypocrites. Those are just a bunch of bigots. They're so self-righteous. But just recently, for whatever reason, I feel that I'm supposed to be in church. I'm just seeking after God. Listen to me. I said it just a moment ago. God created you for a relationship with Him. 
In that creation, we failed. We broke that off. And in that, crea- in that relationship, when we sinned and when we done wrong, we, we separated. Our relationship was broken. It created a divide. And there is nothing that you or I can do to fix that. Nothing that we can do. But let me just share with you this. God the Father sent His only begotten Son to be that bridge, to, to, be the one, to be the one that can bring the two together and to reconcile that relationship and bring it back to new and to give you hope and to give you life and to give you an everlasting peace that nothing that we do here on earth can make happen. Maybe you would say, Pastor, I need that relationship. And maybe today would be the day that you would come to know Christ as Savior. Thank you for worshiping with us here at Oasis Online. If this message was an encouragement to you, would you send me an email and let me know at pastor at obclv.org. Before you go, go check us out at oasisbaptistchurch.org. And if we can be of any help to you or an encouragement to you, please let us know. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.